Father, that uh, your word is life-changing, that fills our hearts, and uh, and as our hearts receive your word, God, uh, it renews our mind and allows us to really to change our life and allows us to, to bring life everywhere we go. Father, just speak through your word today and give us insight and give us wisdom. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Cool, so uh, we've been talking about... <clears throat> Um, we've been talking about unity, and so some of the stuff we're going to talk about today is pretty much it's all about working together and being unified with other individuals, and so we're talking about basically people skills and getting along with others and motivators and why people respond the way they respond, and so uh, one of the big motivators is respect and disrespect, okay? I remember um, one time I had, uh, I remember one time I had this lady... I got I, I fired her from work. She uh, she was working for me as a dishwasher, and I had already she had already been complaining about everything I was doing. And uh, there was another lady. It was a cook that was it was a cook and a dishwasher. Okay, so this is the difference between the response. The cook she told me, uh, Zach, you know every time I go in, this happens and that happens, and so and so didn't do this, and so and so didn't do that, and everything's a mess and a wreck, and she's complaining, 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 complaining. So, at first, you know, a lot of times, you know, if you're if you're not operating in wisdom, you may find that as her grappling about you, and about your leadership, and telling you that you're a horrible boss, and all kinds of stuff, you know what I mean? But if you're a humble person, you'll listen to it and say, alright, maybe there's some trash in here, but I want to hear the good, you know what I mean? So I told her, I said, hey, just sit down with me, we're going to make a list, we're going to go over all the stuff that you think needs to be corrected. And uh, we're going to make a game plan for changing this. Because I'm not just going to sit here and pretend I know everything. You know what I mean? This lady had been working there for seven years. I'd only been there for four months. You know? And I was a manager now. And she was a cook. So I said, you know what? I'm going to listen to what she has to say. Even though she's being a real gripe about it. You know? She's just complaining and grumbling and whining. And I just want to slap her. You know? <laughs> it's like, stop being like my two-year-old. You know? But... But I also realized that, that there's a reason why she's not a manager, and that's because she lacks the maturity to talk to people, you know what I mean? And so I had to learn how to listen to her, even in her immaturity, and say, well, what is the need, you know? I'm not going to take it personal that you're griping and complaining about me and about my job and about how I'm doing my job. I'm not going to take it personal. I'm just going to say um, that you don't know how to communicate, you know, and be more understanding towards her. You don't know how to communicate. There's a reason why you're not already um, the boss, even though you've been here seven years. So I said, okay, listen, just give me a list. So I took a piece of paper and went with her, and I had her train me on how to close that station, on how to do the job properly. And I wrote down everything she told me. And I learned a lot from her, you know? Even though she was a grumbler and a complainer, I learned a lot from her. So I learned a lot from her, you know? And so, I ended up sitting there and uh, using this thing, I called it the closing duty list, and every time somebody would come and ask me if they could leave, I'd say, have you done your closing duty list? I'm not, you know, I'm going to go back there, and, you know, you're asking to go home right now, you want to leave right now, because you have plans, but until you finish, what I ask you to do, it's already explained, you already written down, there's no reason for me to even come back here and check your station, go down the list. And that's what I would ask people, I wouldn't even ask them anymore, Hey, well, did you do this and do that? Did you do this? Did you do that? I would say, did you go down your list? That was 
I didn't have to know all the stuff that was inside that station. I just had to know, did you go down your list? Did you go down the closing due list? That's all I care about. And if I come back there and you haven't done all the stuff on the closing due list, you're going to stay. And you're going to waste time and money, and I'm probably going to have to find somebody else to do your job because you're incapable of reading and obeying. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, so that was one lady. That was the cook. Man, after that, dude, her respect for me changed. She, she, um, she saw that I heard her, even though she was immature about how she broached me. And she, uh, but she respected me because I listened, because I took the time and I went and took extra effort. Not only did I listen to her, I spent a couple hours working on that close to duty list, making sure that it was done right, making sure that anything I thought extra needed to be added to that thing. I even asked other people, is there anything else we're missing? Da, 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 da. You know what I mean? So she saw the work that I put into it and was appreciative of it. The second lady was the dishwasher. She did the same thing, grumbling and complaining, saying I was a horrible boss, calling me a racist, all kinds of stuff. It's ridiculous. <laughs> Finally, I pulled out a picture of my whole family. I have like two black um, brothers and sisters that <laughs> we adopted, and like, be back off, please. <laughs> anyway, uh, so I ended up, uh, I did the same thing for her, right? But her attitude did not change. And she. I mean, she would just completely, con con she would continue to complain. The truth is, she just, she's just not happy in life. She's one of those people that come up with excuses. Well, people that, uh, if they're not complaining, they're not happy. Yeah. And so I told her, I said, finally one day she said, uh, she had some stuff to do, and I asked her to do it, and she popped off at me and said, well, I ain't going to do that. And I just, now she, the problem was she did that in front of everybody in the store. If she just done that with me by myself, I could have gone back to her and... And hey, why are you being disrespectful? Maybe we could talk about things. But she did it in front of the other employees. It's important, Which is a problem because that causes division and mm -hmm. I can't operate my team get away with, it. with that. So I popped back in there and said, you will do it or you won't have a job tomorrow. Mm -hmm. And I walked back out, you know. And, of course, then she put it away. But I had already made up my mind. I'm done with this. I already, um, she grumbles and complains. I already um, solved her problem. Uh, to the best of my knowledge, you know, and she's still being disrespectful. So I went ahead and wrote up a termination form. And the next, uh, the next day, she comes in, and I have the paper all respectful. You know, I wasn't just yelling at her and telling her to get out of my store, and you know what I mean. I was letting her know why I was getting rid of her. I was sitting down. I was going to have a meeting with her. I was going to have her sign a paper. I was going to have her. It was going to be a, you know, I mean, it wasn't going to be just a. Hey, don't come into work anymore. You don't have a job. Yeah. You know, I was trying to communicate to her where she failed, where she could improve, so she doesn't make the same mistake at the next job, and whatever. And also give her an opportunity to um, talk to me. You know what I mean? Even repent. You know, maybe even get their job back. Correct. And I already had made up my mind. I was getting rid of her. But if she had, but it's kind of like the Lord in Jeremiah. You know, he he told Jeremiah, well, they're not going to repent. I'm just going to I'm just going to wipe them out. Right. You know. And then later on. He's talking to Jeremiah. He says, write these words on a scroll. Maybe they will repent and I can relent. So it's funny, even in the book of Jeremiah, when God said, I made up my mind, it's over. He still had a desire to show mercy. You know, and so anyway, I sat there. I was hoping that she would show some humbleness. Because the scripture talks about God gives grace to the humble and he resists the proud. And I've learned this about people, man. If I can approach somebody... And even a confrontational manner, if they show me humility, there's always grace 
for someone who has humility. Um, it may not be exactly what they want, but it's still grace. I'm still giving them a, a chance somewhere. You know what I mean? Even to say, you know what, I'm not cutting ties with you or whatever. You know, and so I'm not completely removing myself with somebody because I'm gonna watch them. You know what I mean? Because if I start seeing life change, things start things start changing with my relationship with them. I want to go ahead and give them another chance. You know what I mean? Give them grace. Anyway, my point is, God gives grace to the humble. She comes in there, she's all puffed up again, you know, uh, upset and everything. And she said to me, you know, Zach, you got to show respect to get, to get respect. So people say that all the time. Okay? They'll say, you have to show respect to get respect. Now, here's the problem, really, is that people don't understand respect. Um, they don't know respect when they see it, you know. Even though what they what they mean is they want somebody else to um, bow to all of their wishes. Yeah. That's not respect. Okay, um, respect exactly. is to give someone an ear. You know. Uh, let's just look up the definition real quick of what respect is. Uh, it, uh, but I, there's certain ways to show respect. Let's put it that way. Right. Okay. Obviously. You know, the scripture says, honor your mother and father, right? Mm -hmm. So, to honor your mother and father is to obey them. You know, but not just obey. Honor is deeper than obedience. Almost honor is, what would my parents think about what I'm doing? You know, they never gave me a command concerning this. But I know my parents' heart, would they approve of this? You know what I mean? Now, don't you think that the regular Joe out there... They automatically, like, benefit the doubt, they respect you. But then if you don't respect them, then that, that's where that, that, you know, that stops. Because I'm like that. So I respect everybody. Yes. But if they show that they, you know, you know they disrespect me or they don't respect me, then, then you that, lose that, that drops. So you know? what you're saying is something I was just about to say. Uh, you're actually saying it from a different perspective. She's, but you have to understand, she said you have to show respect to get respect. She's actually backwards from what you're saying. Mm -hmm. You're saying that you automatically give people respect. Right. And then, and then if they lose it by disrespecting you, then this would then the then uh, does it make sense? Right. You're you're saying that they already deserve respect from you Amen. from the get go. Mm -hmm. Their only reason why they would lose respect is if they were to be disrespectful back towards right. you. But her perspective is backwards. Right. Her perspective is, I'm not going to give you respect until you right. respect me. Or until you earn it. Or until you earn it. And that is, that's not biblical. No. It, it, what is biblical is to, is to me to give someone respect, period, because they're a human being. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Yes. Not, not, not do unto others as they have done to you. <laughs> and I had a late, and, and I don't know if this is, um, I don't want to make an absolute statement or a blanket statement about this, but <clears throat> there's been two women that I've dealt with like this. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that's a normal thing for women or not. Uh, I will say this. The scripture teaches this. It says, wives, respect your husbands. Yes. Husbands, love your wives. Mm -hmm. So here's what we find. That why would God make an emphasis to the woman to respect and give an emphasis to the man to love? Because those are two things that don't come natural. And they run hand in hand. And they run hand in hand. Also, you know, I had one time, uh, had a visit with my wife one time, and she was like, uh, I was telling her, I, I said, you know, 
you want me to love you, and we were talking, we were talking about this and hashing this out. This is one of one of our things we were working out together, you know. Um, and we're past this. It ain't something we're dealing with now. Really <clears throat> but one of the things she was talking about was, you know, uh, wanting me to love her, you know. And uh, I told her, I said, well, you know, or I, it was about the lack of love or the lack of respect. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we were talking about this topic. All right. And we were discussing about how sometimes people want you to love them unconditionally. But they won't give you respect unconditionally. It was very right hand in hand. But you have to give, and this this is what I'm what I've noticed about this this pers this perspective. If you want your relationships to be successful, you must give unconditional love, and you must give unconditional respect. Okay, um, let me show you a prime example. David respected Saul, even though Saul tried to kill him. David highly revered Saul as a man, even though Saul was trying to kill David. And Saul, David is the best example of a man who never stopped honoring other people, no matter how horrible of a person that they were. You know, um, now he would kill you if you showed disrespect to other people, but he wouldn't even kill you if you showed disrespect to himself. Let me show you, um, let me show you. Hey, Gilbert, you got your phone back on? It should be on. It, you turned off on it. Uh-oh. Well, I know if it's like 10 minutes of running activity, it turns off. Okay. I'm going to look up a scripture here uh, <clears throat> about a guy who was mocking David. You know what? I'll just summarize it. If I can find it, I'll give you the, the scripture reference. Um... 2 Samuel chapter 18. 18. And when she said that to me in the in the in the meeting, she said, You gotta show respect to get respect. I didn't know what to say. Wow, that's crazy. And I, I went home and prayed. I said, God, have I been disrespectful to her? You know, have I have I have I not tried to be an understanding boss, but not tried to go out of my way? to, you know, like I said, I made that whole list for her and everything, trying to make her job easier. And uh, and then I just discovered, man, some people, um, they just have a hard time giving respect. Whether And a lot of times that's a self-reflection. You know, there's something they reflect about themselves. They don't respect themselves. They don't feel highly about, they feel that they're a failure, so they automatically want to self-project on other people that they are failures. And in fact, if they can make someone else feel like a failure a little bit more than they feel like a failure, they might feel like they're winning. And they'll feel more accomplished. You see what I'm saying? Have you ever met anyone like that? Shimei curses David. It's, verse, it's chapter 16. Oh, 16. Well, I couldn't remember where it was. When the king's day... <laughs> when King David came to Bahirim, this is verse 5. Chapter 16, verse 5. Yes, yes. Five. Okay. Yeah, David and his party passed. So when when King David came to Behirim, there came out a man of the family of the house of Saul. Saul. So Saul, the guy who's trying to kill him, right? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, so so now uh, David's son came in power. So all of David's secret enemies are now starting to come out of the woodworks. Yeah. 
and mock him. See, you're getting what you deserve for killing Saul or whatever. But David never killed Saul. But anyway, and he threw stones at David. All right, so it says, uh, it says, a man of the family of the house of Saul, whose name is Shimei, or Shimei, the son of Gera. And as he came, he cursed continually. And he threw stones at David and at all the servants of King David and all the people. So remember, why is he doing this? Because they're on the run because someone because his son took power, right? Mm-hmm. So this guy's trying to take advantage of the situation while they're while they're already feel defeated. He's, trying to keep the man wife down. Exactly. Uh, and he threw stones at David and all the servants of the King David and all the people of all the mighty men were on his right hand and on his left. And Shemai said as he cursed, Get out, get out, you man of blood, you worthless man. The Lord has avenged on you all the blood of the house of Saul in whose place you have reigned. And the Lord has given the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See, your evil is on you, for you are a man of blood. Then Abishai, the son of Zer... Zer- so this is funny because David... Yeah, David did have a lot of blood on his hand, but he was uh, trying to live an honorable life, you know what I mean? Um, and even when Saul came to relieve himself in that cave, and they, they said, look, Saul's been given into your hands, go kill him. David goes up there and just cuts off his uh, garment, a part yeah, piece of his garment. He says he felt bad. David felt bad about cutting the piece of garment. That he couldn't kill the man that God appointed king. Yeah. Even though he had been, David had himself been anointed by Samuel, king, as king, and Samuel even told Saul, the kingdom is going to be taken away from you. But David still honored that man. He, he, it, it's a beautiful thing, dude. Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? So Abishai, this guy, he's... he's you have to keep in mind, man. Uh, I got... Uh, it's funny, I've got... You know, oftentimes I do this ministry and I've got a guy... Uh, anytime I have a problem with somebody else in the house or whatever, I'll, and he wants to do we're talking or whatever, he'll say, he'll say to me, they giving you trouble up there, Zach? I'll come over there and knock some heads in, you know? And it's funny because, you know, when you... Why did, why were David's men so loyal to him? And it wasn't because of his title. It was because David loved those men. David loved those men and he respected those men. When those men were outcasts, he said, you're not an outcast, you're, you're a man. Mm-hmm. And so they became... David's mighty men. Mm-hmm. Why? Because he picked them up when they were down. You see what I'm saying? And so it's funny because um, I, I've seen this in people, and I'm like, man, this is a little immature. You want to come in here and knock heads in. You know, that's my heart. I want to show mercy. You know? And uh, But then I see this guy. He's, he just wants to, he just, he just respect. You know what I mean? And so here he is, Abishai, he's saying to the son of Zeriah, saying to the king, why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and take off his head. <laughs> What's funny is he didn't just go do it. He asked him, David, can I go cut his head off? Can you blame him? And uh, for some words he's saying. But the king said, what have I to do with you, you sons of Zeruiah? Zeru, uh, what have I to do to you? Do with you, you sons of Zeruiah, whatever. If he is cursing because the Lord has said to him, curse David... Who then shall say, why have you done this? So, you, you see David's a little defeated. You know what I mean? He's mad. He's not saying that... He's not saying uh, that God's saying all this. David was a little confused on some things. He, he should have known, I'm the king. He forgot who he was. Hmm. You see, at this moment, he's having an identity issue. Um, he knows... He, he should he should remember, no, I'm the king. Because you know I mean? at that moment, time, it feels like everything's falling around. 
falling down around him, and that's when people tend to forget that it's not God's fault, it's the devil's doing. Right, they, he might be thinking, this is God's will for me. Why? Because he's sinned a lot in his life. You know, he has a lot of shame and guilt he's dealing with, you know what I mean? Yeah. There was a moment when he had slept with Bathsheba, Uriah's wife, and now that's another feat. How did these men stay loyal to him after that, you know what I mean? I, there had to be a deep connection between David and those men. Yeah. You know what I mean? For him to have betrayed one of them and the rest of them still stay with David. I think we have this relationship with our sons when our sons grow. Older. Right. Um, and it really has to do with the time you spend with them and the work you do together. You know, because when you, it's really about, that's why um, brothers who go in foxholes together and, you know, in the military and war, right. that's why when they come out, they build bonds with those men that they've never had with anyone. Mm -hmm. You know? Because they went through some firefights together, saving each other's lives. And they were they had it. They were going to die for one another. Well, you know what I mean? Yeah. So there's a there's a matter where that's, and we were created for that. We were created as men, the, the band of brothers. I've found that the the brotherly bond that having, all of my life I had a brother who was a year and a half younger than me, roughly, and there is no bond that's that's like that. But I, there's no bond like a brother's bond. But, brother doesn't have to be blood. No. Because when I get, I've have had the same bond with other men that I had with my brother, you know, and it's through that trials, it's through learning, going deep with men in their hearts, mm -hmm. you know. God created us to, 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 to be that way. God created us to know one another in our hearts. And uh, to know your, for me to know your heart and you to know my heart. And, and that's what makes us connected. And, and that's why this respecting is so important. What this is is honor. This is, uh, is to be heard. You know, I want to be heard. You know, what does that mean? I want to share with you my heart. You know, and if I can't talk to you about simple things, don't think to me I'll ever talk to you about deep things. So the respect thing is the beginning of getting connected on that level. This is why people want this so badly. They're not really looking for a best friend. They're looking for people that will deeply respect them. You know what I mean? Uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I'll tell you this. I Anyway, I don't want to get into that. All right, what are we talking about? Second Samuel chapter 16. Uh, we're still talking about this guy who's cursing David and how he continued to, 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 to respect this man. But the king said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zariah? If he is cursing me because the Lord has said to him, Curse David, who then shall say, Why have you done so? And David said to Abishai and to all his servants, Behold, my own son seeks my life. How much more uh, now may this Benjamite leave him alone and let him curse, for the Lord has told him to. It may be that the Lord will look on the wrong done to me, and that the Lord will repay me with good for this cursing today. So he put it in the Lord's hands. said, I'm not going to defend myself. I'm going to let God defend me. And he said, So David and his men went on the road, while Shammai went along the hillside, opposite him, and cursed as he went, and threw stones at him and flung dust. Alright, now, a few chapters later, he, uh, he comes back, right? Mm -hmm. David gets reinstated. Just two chapters later, mm -hmm. um, Absalom gets killed um, by Joab. <clears throat> and says, still gently, for my sake, with the young man Absalom, David is telling his men, don't kill my son. Right. And uh, Absalom was riding on his mule, and the mule went under the thick branches of a great oak, and his head caught fast in the oak, and he was suspended between heaven and earth, while the mule that was under him went on. And a certain mm -hmm. man saw it and told Joab, Behold, I saw Absalom hanging in the oak, in the oak, in an oak. Job said, Joab said to the man who told him, What, what, you saw him? 
Why then did you not strike him there on the ground? I would have been glad to give you ten pieces of silver and a belt. <laughs> but the man said to Joab, Even if I felt in my hand the weight of a thousand pieces of silver, I would not touch, uh, reach out my hand against the king's son. For in our hearing, the king commanded you and Abishai and Ittai, for my sake, protect the young man Absalom. On the other hand, if I had dealt trishly against his life, and there is nothing hidden from the king, then you yourself would have, would have stood aloof. Joab said, I will not waste time like this with you. And he took three javelins in his hand and thrust them into the heart of Absalom while he was still alive in the oak. So he killed him, right? Uh, so after he gets reinstated, David comes back into power. Uh, chapter 19, verse 16, And Shimei, the son of Gera, this is the guy who's cursing him, the Benjamite from Behurim, 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 hurried to come down with the men of Judah to meet King David. And with him were a thousand men from Benjamin. And Ziba, the servant of the house of Saul, with his fifteen sons and his twenty servants, rushed down to the Jordan before the king, and they crossed the ford to bring over the king's household and to do his pleasure. Alright, check this out. So, even though I think that David was a little bit confused when he was getting, he was kind of defeated, remember? Because maybe it's the Lord's will this guy is uh, cursing you today, right? He's all coming down around to stuff in that He starts to have those thoughts. But at the same time, he's also submitting to God. Remember, David understands that his title does not come from men. It comes from God. It comes from God. He understands that his calling in life, who he is as a person, is not from men. So that man's cursing him, and the reason why he received the curse was because his mindset was, if it's God's will, I'll submit to that. God, I mean, David, found his value not in what men said about him. He found his value in what God had to say about him. Mm -hmm. So even if, even though he was wrong about this, he said to himself, if God's sending that man to curse me, then I'll submit to the curse. This is how much God, this is how much David honored God. More than he honored men. He didn't even look at the man cursing him as saying, oh, that's Shimei cursing me. He's saying, maybe that's God cursing me. He was not, does it make sense? It's a weird humility. It's a strange humility. He is not being defined by what the man says. He wants to be defined by what God's saying. And so he's even trying to reason in his brain, well, maybe if God wanted him to curse me, well, then I'll go ahead and receive the curse because that's God's will for my life. You see what I'm saying? Right. He, the truth is he forgot, but he was so committed to his definition being rooted in God that he that when someone was cursing him because in his confusion, he thought maybe this would be God. You mm -hmm. see, um, so there's even though he you have to understand he's confused, but at the same time he is committed and humble towards God. Make sense? Mm -hmm. That's what caused him to not be offended with people. Right. You see, when he realized that his definition came from God and not from people, this is what allowed him to not be offended at Shimei. Watch this. Shimei the son of Gera, right, hurried down to come with the men of Judah to meet King David. And with him were a thousand men from Benjamin and Ziba. The servant of the house of Saul with his fifteen sons and his twenty servants rushed down to the Jordan before the king. And they crossed the ford to bring over the king's household and to do his pleasure. And Shimei the son of Gera fell down before the king, right, and humbled himself as he was about to cross the Jordan. He said to the king, Let not my lord hold me guilty or remember how your servant did wrong in the day my lord the king left Jerusalem. When he was cursing him, right? Do not let the king take it to heart. Now that you're back in power, I was joking. Right? <laughs> Obviously, he was not being uh, sincere. He was just trying to save his own skin. Right? 
Because he showed his true colors when David was down, but when David's in power, you see, it's manipulation. Verse 20, For your servant knows that I have sinned. Therefore, behold, I have come this day the first of all the house of Joseph to come down to meet my lord the king. Watch this. Abishai, remember that guy who wanted to keep, take his head off? Yeah. He gets forward. He steps forward. Abishai, the son of Zerah, said, Shall not Shemai be put to death for this because he cursed the Lord's anointed? Mm -hmm. So Abishai is, no, he's, Come on, David. Let me do it, you know? Can I do it this time? Let me do it. But David said, What have I to do with you, you sons of Zerah, that you should do this day, uh, be, that you should this day be an adversary to me? Whoa. Wait a minute, David. Abishai is trying to uh, go not, to your defense. This is not a day of execution. He says, why would you come? Watch this. David, when, when Abishai said, I want to kill this guy, David said, why are you an adversary to me? Mm -hmm. Why? Because David never sought his own honor. Mm -hmm. David never sought after his own honor. He never wanted somebody else to affirm him mm -hmm. as the king. The only one he rested in was what God said about him being the king. Being humble. So when Abishai wanted to go to his defense because a man tried to come against David's calling in life, David didn't take it to heart. He said, why are you trying to be my enemy, Abishai? You don't know my heart. Mm -hmm. My heart is to have mercy. Why? Because I've been shown mercy. Look at David. David's been shown mercy. Right. By God. Even though he had to suffer some consequences, truthfully, he had been shown a lot of mercy. Yeah. David understands. This, he's the one who wrote Psalm 51 when he says, Oh God, make inside me a pure heart. You know, I'm, I'm broken, you know. I break my heart, God. And so David understands this. First of all, he looks look at this guy groveling before him, and he's, what does he see? Himself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the guy coming down here repenting before David the king, David sees himself. He said, man, I've done that to God. And that day when I fasted and prayed, when my baby was about to die, and I wanted mercy. You see what I'm saying? So David gave what he wanted, mercy. Even though David was a man of war, he was known for his mercy. Check it out. Uh, why have you this day been an adversary to me? Shall anyone be put to death in Israel this day? For do I not know that I am this day king over Israel? I don't need this man to, 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 to call me king. I don't need this man to affirm me as the king. Mm -hmm. Is it not clear this day I am the king? Mm -hmm. You see, if David had killed him, it would have displayed insecurity. A lot of people think, well, if I can muscle my way in, then that means I'm powerful. That's not true. Mm -hmm. David knew who he was. He didn't need to prove it by killing this guy. You see? So, it's powerful stuff right here, man. I don't have to get back at that guy. I know who I am. I don't have to make him pay for what he said. I know who I am. For do I not know that I am this day king of Israel? What David is showing you right now is the reason why we kill and murder and get back at people. And we, you know, even if somebody's talking back at us and being disrespectful, and we talk back at him, right? Being disrespectful right back. But the reason why we do that is because we're insecure. He's revealing right now the heart of insecurity. If we retaliate, it's because we're insecure. If we knew who we were, we wouldn't have to retaliate. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. 
<clears throat> and the king said to Shimei, you shall not die. And the king gave him his oath. Mm-hmm. All right, so you see how, okay, so this is driving home this point where people say, oh, you have to show respect to get respect. No, 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 no. If you knew who you were, you would just show other people respect. You see? You have to know who you are and give others unconditional respect. Shimei, check this out. David didn't kill Saul because he was God's anointed. Why did he not kill Shimei? Because he knew that he was the anointed. He did not kill Saul because he said, I'm not going to touch God's anointed. Right? The reason why he did not kill Shimei was because he knew that Shimei could not touch God's anointed either. Right. You see? Well, the reason we treat other people with respect is two things. We recognize who they are, and we recognize who we are. Oh, interesting. It's powerful stuff. It's very good. We show others respect for two reasons. We recognize who they are, and we recognize who we are. The only time we would be disrespectful towards someone else is A... We don't recognize who they are, or B, we don't recognize who we are. Mm-hmm. I've so seen good. people uh, lose respect for other people by their behavior and their actions. You know, <coughs> that's how people lose respect for somebody. You know what I mean? Like you were saying when that lady, you know, said that in front of everybody. You know, she, she was so disrespecting me in front of everybody. So. You know, if had you not done what you done, the rest of the people would have been like they would have started losing respect for you and tried to run over you. You know, right? And and that was a that was a part of. Now, see, there's another thing too. I didn't get I didn't get rid of her because I didn't know who I was. You know, I got rid of her because for the sake of the organization. Right. See what I'm saying? Uh, Even now, most people, and that's that's a heart issue, right? It's completely a heart issue because. No one knows that about you. They could just say, oh man, she made him mad, so he got rid of her. Everybody else could have said that about it, right? But I'm looking at it as, look, if I want to help the organization, I understand that insubordination can kill this organization. And so it's not about me. I know who I am. I'm the manager, period. You know, doesn't matter whether she acknowledges it or not, still the manager. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So then... I had to, but I had to recognize inside myself. Like, I didn't fire anybody for ten months. I didn't get rid of nobody. I was, I, I didn't feel like I needed to get rid of anybody until I realized that it was a getting out of hand. Right. And then I realized, okay, I need to start going ahead and right. chop, cut and bait a little bit, you know. Right. And and we need to cut down a little and 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 re re redo some stuff, you know. Right. <clears throat> now I wasn't the best leader at the time. You know, I had a lot to learn, and I was learning a lot, and I was making a lot of mistakes. But at the same, so I'm not going to say I did everything perfectly back then. But my point is this: in my heart, I did not take that day. I did, but the next morning, I didn't fire until the next day. I was giving myself some time to rest, give myself to rethink it, right. uh, giving myself um, op- ample opportunity to cool down and make sure. I, mm-hmm. I didn't fire her right away. 
I wanted to make sure that my mind was uh, sound before I made such a judgment. By waiting till the next morning, it gave me time to get right in my mind before I passed judgment. You see what I'm saying? Make right. sure I didn't do it from right. a wrong heart. Right. Now, I will say, that whole afternoon, that's all I could think about. That's all I was upset about. I was writing stuff down. I, was, I had enough is what it was. Right. I had just had enough. But, um, but by the next morning, I was calmed down. I could say, is this really right what I'm doing? Or am I just doing this out of my feelings? And then the more I looked at it, the more I realized right. this is really for the better of my team. You waited out. Yeah. But what I also realized was that I was waiting until I got angry to deal with problems. You know what I mean? I waited until I got emotional to deal with problems. That was something the Lord showed me a few months later. And so that's what happened with me. I kept on blowing up on people, and I couldn't figure out why I was blowing up on people. I finally, when I blew up on that guy and told him to get out of here, I said, God, why do I keep blowing up on people? Kill everybody in that God sword of mine. <laughs> and then the Lord told me, He said, because you're a coward, you don't deal with problems before you get angry. And I was like, whoa. And ever since that day, I've never, I've been blown up. You know, because when I, whenever he told me that, he was giving me the answer to why I was uh, blowing up on people. And why those moments would come and I'd be out of control. And so, <clears throat> I've determined from that day on that I would start dealing with problems right when I saw them, instead of waiting until they got too big for me to handle um unemotionally you know and so well for about a year i was just irritable right because i didn't know how to deal with problems without being angry so i had to make myself slightly frustrated to get me to get the gumption to say something about something so everybody would see me as a little bit irritable man it's actually a little bit irritable man he's always in here grouchy you know and getting onto us about everything the reason why was because i was still trying i went from this way from blowing up mm -hmm. holding it in being passive to being nitpicky right and so I swung from being passive to being nitpicky because I didn't know how I didn't know any other way to deal with it. And then eventually I swung down here in the middle where sometimes I'd see someone and let it go, and I would. But I just wouldn't allow myself to get angry about it. I would say I'm going to give it one or two weeks. If it, if the problem persists, I will address it. You know. Mm -hmm. And I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about um, my ability to be able to handle problems because during that time in my life. And, but I also realized, too, that this respect thing, man, if I want to be able to give people respect, I've got to, I mean, I, I got to, I can't wait till I lose respect for them. Right. I need to tell them all I'm still respect. Don't you lose, it's hard to get back. Huh? Don't you lose, it's hard to get back. Yes. Yeah. I need to give, I need to treat them respectfully as a person and give them a shot, at least, at changing. Right. Before I just go in there and fire them or get rid of them. And then I, then I discovered, man, that, that um, if I was just firing people, then that means I had no patience. Right. And I wasn't a teacher. So and I wasn't a coach. And I wasn't worthy of being a manager. Right. I just wanted people to comply. Well, they're not my kids. You know? I, I'm trying to... You know what I mean? They're adults, which means that they're probably bigger kids. But um, but the point is, sometimes people, they don't have the same upbringing I do. The same, uh, you know, way of thinking. I, I realized that I had to start changing my approach. I had to learn how to talk with people. If I wanted to influence them and be a good leader, I had to learn how to talk. I had to learn how to connect with them, you know. And uh, being irritable puts up a wall. You can't connect with people if you're always irritable, you know. So then I had to learn how to say, look, man, it's not just about my way. I care about your success as an individual, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? 
So when I come correct you, I would have interviews with people and I changed up the interview. I said, can you tell me the difference between correction and instruction? Instruction is the first time I tell you. Correction is when you don't do it right and I correct you. You know, it's a re-instruction. Re right. and, uh, and I said, do you know the benefit of correction? See, a lot of people, they don't know how to take correction. They go and work, they get corrected, they get offended. Right. Like, look, dude, I'm not talking about your identity here when I tell you you're not putting pizzas on there, right? You know what I mean? Why are you getting all bent out of shape? You know, I'm talking about your job performance. And if, if you really cared about being a good worker, you would care about me correcting you. And that's when I realized people just aren't wise. The scripture says a wise man loves correction. Right. And I realized, hmm, these people just aren't wise. I'm dealing with immature people. Oh, my gosh. That totally transforms the way I need to approach people. Uh, immature wow. people in the workplace? No way. Yeah, I thought to myself, I don't need to get all these people. Like, this is what I, you know, the biggest, I wrote this on here. The biggest motivators for people is fear and love. Okay? Well, I grew up to love people. I grew up loving and, and wanting to serve. So why do I want to do a good job? Because I want to be a blessing to my boss. Right? Why do I want to do a good job? Because I want to be a blessing to the people underneath me. Right? So I always did everything out of love. So I discovered that these people didn't love me. Feared. They feared me. And if I wasn't anything to be feared, they stopped fearing me. Fear is also respect. Okay? Mm -hmm. yeah. Right? So when I realized that they didn't... Now love, I find this. The true respect comes out of both of these. Right? Fear and love. Right? Fearing and love. But this is not uh, the best way to respect people completely in fear. You see what I'm saying? But the scriptures that makes it very clear, we should fear the Lord, right? But we should also love Him with all of our heart. You see? What does that create? It creates honor. That creates obedience. You know? When you honor, when you love someone and, and fear them, it's a weird relationship. It's like my dad. I feared my dad, right? I feared that whooping. Right? But... I love my dad because of how much he loves me. This is that's that's the only way to describe this relationship. And I think because of the daddy complex we have in America, you know, it's hard to teach people about this. Because some people's uh, experience with their father is absolute abuse. Well, they didn't have a father. Well, they didn't have a father at all. Yeah. So so you say, oh they think about God as father. All they think is oh God's absent. Right. You know, or well God's must be abusive. He's always out to get me. I can't trust him. Why? Because everybody perceives God the way they see, they see their father. You see? <clears throat> Fear and love. So I, I, I realized this, that when I was dealing with these people, they didn't know how to love. They didn't know how to serve and work out of love. All they knew was fear. The only reason why they would do their job is that they were worried about losing. Right? In other words, selfishness. Fear is selfish. Love is selfless. Think about that. I don't want to get a spanking, so I'll obey, right? Yep. I don't want to... That's how you have to deal with immature people. Immature people need a spanking, okay? Because they don't know how to love yet. You see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Then you start discovering, oh, the reason why I got a spanking was because he didn't love me. He wanted to teach me right and wrong. Whoa. Then something starts yeah. happening. Then you're like, hmm, I don't want to displease my dad. So now it becomes, it switches from fear to somewhere in between. You know, I don't want to displease him, right? Yeah. Why? Because I want my dad to approve of me. So there's still fear, because I want him to approve of me. But I also love him. I want to serve him, right? And then eventually it just turned into love. I just want I just want to please my dad, I, because I love him. Not because I'm worried about him disowning me. 
You see? I know I'll never do something. Did you ever hear the one about it's going to hurt me more than it hurts you? Yeah. Right. <laughs> Selfish and selfless. So I had to start writing these people up, man. I, for ten months, I never wrote anybody up, never fired nobody, but I had no nobody respected at all. And then I discovered, man, these people don't operate in love. I can't do this no more like that. So I started, I started uh, putting down the hammer a little bit. And at that point, we started having a functional team. You know, and I'm thinking, why do I have to do that? Why do I have to write people up? Because I'm dealing with immature people, you know. So what I would do is I would lay down the hammer, and then I discovered it's important to lay down the hammer, but I need to spend time with these people. And I need to build this, you see. Why the scripture says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But Jesus Christ, the ultimate picture of God's love, is the completion of all God's wisdom. Think about that for a second. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. But love of God is the completion of wisdom. Say it again. Fear of the Lord. I'll write that. Fear of the Lord. Is the beginning of wisdom. The scripture says that all of the wisdom of God is wrapped up in Jesus. Jesus, the scripture says God is love, right? Mm-hmm. And it, he manifested his love in Jesus. For God demonstrated his own love for us. Right? And then in Jesus, the entire wisdom, the scripture says that Jesus is God's wisdom. So we see that fear is just the beginning, but God's love is the completion of wisdom. So I discovered with these people, man, I had to put down the hammer to establish structure. And then as we had the structure, I was able to spend time with these people. And I started pouring the word of God in these people at work. And they started, they respected me on a deeper level. They weren't no longer respecting me because they had to. They respected me because of the life I was giving them. Right. You see? So you see where you're getting wisdom. Well, let me ask you this. Could you catch things early and go to them? Before things started to get to where you had to write people up or or, yes. or get angry, yes, so I that's something I work on all the time. That I'm working on all the time. Mm -hmm. You start seeing things that are going wrong or somebody's behavior attitude. If you can catch it early and go to them with love and kindness and try to get things on a, you yes. know leveled out before you blow up and get angry. Yeah, I'm a much better leader now than I was then. Then mm -hmm. I was so insecure in a lot of things. You know, one of the things I, I, like, here's one of the ways you know you're insecure. If you're a boss and you can't tell somebody to go fill up the ice bucket because you're insecure, because you're like, man, I should, I, I can do that. So you go do it yourself. If you ever see a boss filling up ice by himself, that means he's insecure. If he yeah. can't command and tell someone else to do it, that means he's not secure in his position. See what I'm saying? Right. And it means that he's suffering from a little bit of anxiety about it. He doesn't want to tell people other, part of it is they don't want to lord over people. I never mm -hmm. wanted to lord over somebody. Oh, I'm the boss. You know what I mean? I never wanted to do that. I didn't want to have to defend my title. Right. You know what I mean? But I also, um, you know, it wasn't until my boss, my boss, the owner of the store, called me up and said, Zach, you are the manager. Go tell them to fill up ice. And I had to overcome this anxiety, overcome this uh, really big problem I had of insecurity of not knowing my position in this organization, mm -hmm. you know. So it was interesting because I, 
the, the, to be honest with you, what, what should have happened was we should have had a meeting in front of the whole store. He should have promoted me in front of everybody. He didn't do that? He never did that. Oh, right. He just gave me the title and... And it went from there. And moved on from there. But... Well, no, hey, everybody, this is Zach. He's, Zach Spiegel, he's the new manager. He didn't do that? Nope. That's he just, weird. I just kind of moved into it. Well, but when he called me and told me, oh. you're the boss, man. Go look in the mirror and tell yourself you're the best at what so, you do. He gave me affirmation. He gave me the, the, power, the empowerment I needed. Why? You never get your empowerment from below. You always have to get your empowerment from another, from the authority above you. Is that always true? Yes. You can never get it from your, from below. Otherwise, your kids will run your life. Well, here's what happens. A lot of times, a, a person, especially if you're good at manipulating, you'll be below yeah. a boss, right? You'll be below a boss. <clears throat> you'll see that they're a little bit struggling. So you come to them in their weakness. You flatter them with some good talk. And next thing you know, now you're on the inside. You see? Right. And now... <laughs> Now you're no longer. Uh, so what happens is that man who was who was the boss is now being flattered by the man below, and guess what? He finds some strength in that guy if he's not careful, and he can't be that man's boss anymore. You see? Mm -hmm. he now they're on equal terms. Now they're on equals. I'm not saying all the time. I'm just saying, you yeah. know, what was I stroll bottom or it's like, cause some, I mean, now don't like, get me wrong. say if we all work together. I'm just, well, I don't so know you take four bears. friends and you're all equal, you have to have a leader. So you've got you know, to have, 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 have a lead man somewhere. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it does take someone underneath to encourage you as long as their relationship isn't going to violate you. <coughs> I've had, um, for instance, uh, James, uh, he, 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 sometimes he'll come at me and say, look, man, you're the boss. You know, mm -hmm. and he says, you just tell me what to do. You know, and so, but he's talking about me and him. You know what I mean? And uh, and so that helps me sometimes when I'm, you know, why? Because I do take a lot of advice from people. You know what I mean? I'm not I'm not sitting here thinking I know everything. You know, um, but <clears throat> I will say sometimes that's important when you got somebody saying that to you. But you have to realize where that really comes from. He's saying that, but he's saying that from a biblical standpoint. So I know that what he's saying is true because it comes from a higher authority. Yeah. Still, you know what I mean? Right. So truth. Check this out. You recognize truth. Because you know that it comes from a higher authority, right? You recognize truth because it, that in the end, it truly comes from a higher authority. But what I'm trying to say is when someone's insecure about who they are, they can begin to get their identity from men rather than from authority. Does that make sense? And then when you start to fear men, that means you can be manipulated by men. Almost, yeah. And that you can be the, what they call the tail wagging the dog. It's the right. dog wagging the tail. And that's what happens to a lot of leaders, is they don't recognize who they are in themselves, uh, and, you know, by what God has put them in as authority. The scripture says all authority has come from God, right? All authority has come from God. So that's what I was talking about. Even though a lot of these, a lot of us guys say these are man-made rules, but God gave these men the authority to make them man-made rules. Yeah. He's the one who gave them the blessing to be able to become empowered. As long as they don't go against the kingdom of God's rules, we should follow them. And a prime example of that, a lot of people say, well, how can this guy be from God, man? He's a horrible person. So-and-so is now the president of the United States. And, man, we voted him in. Yes, but you understand that all authority still comes from God. Even as Saul, who was anointed and called by God, became an evil man and twisted up and corrupt. And guess what? He has to answer God. You know, he didn't have to answer the people. He has to answer God. And he has to answer people. I had a couple other things on here. Probably going to uh, close this out here soon uh, because 
we got into talking about respecting. I, this is important. Uh, we want to be validated. We want um, we want people to respect us. We want people to honor us. And so, in conversations and stuff, if if someone is saying something that causes us to feel like we're being disrespected, then that causes us to be to pull away. We no longer connect. So respect is important for connection as well. Uh, if we want deep, meaningful relationships, we want to be united. We have to learn how to respect one another. And uh, if you you know. Think about this. If you do anything that causes you to get ahead of somebody, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, like, let's say that you're driving in traffic and you cut in front of somebody, right? All right. Rude, right? Disrespect, right? So, it's um, when we, the point is this when we do anything in our life, watch yourself, okay? Watch yourself and say, what I did just now was I trying to get up on somebody? Was I trying to ante up? Was I trying to become better than or whatever? You know what I mean? Was I self-exalting? Here we go. A lot of times when we self-exalt, we step on others to get to the top. So in your conversation with people, here's a good thing to, to ask yourself. Did I just step on somebody? To self-exalt, mm -hmm. you know, if you stepped on anybody in any way, it's a heart issue. You'll be able to tell. You'll be able to say, "Man, I think," or say, "If they had done that to me, would I have felt stepped on?" <coughs> you see what I'm saying? And the scripture says, "He who humbles himself." So we're saying self-exaltation usually comes by stepping on on others to get to the top. If we want to really be at the top, though, you usually call stepping on somebody's necks. James chapter 4 verse 10 says humble yourself before God and he will lift you up so here's what I've discovered the best way sometimes the slowest way but the best way to be lifted up is to humble yourself and other people will exalt you the scripture says um, let me find it real quick Gilbert can you look this up for me What's that? it says do not exalt yourself but let another man let another man exalt you what does that say and this is talking about men. We're not talking about... This is dangerous talking about this one. The point is, it's better to have someone else say good things about you than you say good things about yourself. Oh, definitely. You know? Even though your identity doesn't come from men. You it's still better like to toot your own horn. Correct. You don't want to toot your own horn. Right. I'm going to ask like that. Me on the back and pat myself on the back. What hurt my shoulder. Proverbs 27.2. Proverbs 27.2. Say, read it. Proverbs 27.2. Let someone... Let someone else praise you and not your own mouth. Yeah. So there, that scripture is good. The, 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 the only trouble is if it goes the opposite where you start getting your identity in people, you then you become a victim of flattering lips. And I've heard people, you can tell. Well, sometimes you can't tell. If you're insecure in who you are, it's very difficult to tell when someone's flattering you. If you're being, yeah, if you're being, if you're secure in who you are, you can you can catch flattery like that. You're like, don't tell me what I want to hear. Just do what I say. Mm -hmm. You see, that's another reason why we don't check this out. This this is another reason why in the program, we don't go by how long you've been here, or how good of a talker you are. We go by did you do what I asked you to do? How are you doing on your ranking packets? Did you read? Through, did you listen to your teachings and read your material? 
So what, what I'm looking, the scripture says, uh, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifice as in obedience to the voice of the Lord? Thank you. Jack. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice. There you go. Um, what does that mean? Sacrifice, okay, is like a bribe. It can be, mm -hmm. it can, if, you're not, if you're not careful, a sacrifice can be similar to a bribe. Well, man, I'm going to give you some money. Now please do what I ask you to do. Like, you're not committed to me because you bribed me. You're committed to me because you're committed and you're doing what I'm asking you to do. Yeah. And also, a lot of times, sacrifice for one person is not that great of a sacrifice. You know what I mean? Yeah. Saul, what did he do? He, he went over to this, check this out. You know what sacrifice, the reason why sacrifice was actually a troublesome thing for people to do is because it came against your own wealth. Right. So what did he do? Saul went and conquered the land, saved all the stuff that God told him to kill right away. He says, well, we're going to save him for sacrifices. <laughs> no, no, you understand. You're supposed to kill it now and sacrifice from your own flock, not from another man's flock. Yeah, right. You see? So, you sacrifices you're committing theft because you're... But actually, you're committing theft. You're stealing from, you're stealing from Paul to pay Peter. Yeah. Or Peter, Paul, whatever it is. <laughs> so we see, what we see is that God is saying he desires... Somebody else's. Well, that's definitely. Yeah, God. Because he takes him out there and kills somebody else's son instead of killing my own. Yeah, he went and conquered another city, and God said, devote the whole city to destruction, mm -hmm. which means just kill everything. Right. Well, he went over there and saved all the sheep and stuff. And when Samuel said, wait a minute, didn't we tell you to kill everything? He goes, well, I was just saving it for burnt offerings instead later. Instead of making one big sacrifice, he wanted to piece it out. It's kind of like, it's being a little bit dishonest with you. Kind of like a freebie. God it's said, not a sacrifice yeah. that way. It doesn't cost you anything. Exactly. It didn't really cost him anything. Instead of making one big, humongous sacrifice, he wanted to piece it out at a time. Yeah. like buying a 50 and breaking it down. <laughs> so, the main thing he says is right here. You've rejected the word of the Lord. He says, it says, it says Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to listen than the fat of rams. So, in other words, you can't buy God's love. God... You know, you can't buy God's approval or, or whatever. What what is it? Um, yeah, yeah. It, it, you get to buy, oh, oh. buy God whenever He has it. Flat, we we're talking about flattering lips. Is what we're talking about. You can't. Um, uh, scripture says, "For for by grace you've been saved through faith, right?" But then the scripture says that faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. So the obedience is important. We say, "Oh yeah, I'm in for it." Yeah, but are you doing what was asked of you? Mm -hmm. You know. Um, and so that's why even in the program we don't allow people just to come in and run things just because they tell us nice stuff or just because um, this person sounds committed but okay well uh, Gilbert have you turned in the turn, uh, let me see all the people's assignments uh oh hmm. uh, you know I see that so and so over here has been here for four months but he's only listened to half a month of teachings and he wants to be a leader like how can I expect this guy to be a leader, and he's not doing what I asked him to do. How can he teach somebody up if he's not learning? Correct. And so that's why we focused a lot on, that's why last night when we were talking about it, we said, it's not about how long you've been here, it's about it's about your assignments. What's your worst in your deeds? When your you do, correct. When you're submitted to the program, which isn't just time, right. you're submitting to teaching. That's the whole reason you're here, not for time. You're not here for time, you're here for teaching. So when you come in, you submit to the teaching, you're listening to the teaching, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to see all right, is this guy doing what I asked me to do? That's all. And so, um, and that's also why, you know, Jesus says, you call me Lord, but you don't do what I tell you to do. Right. The disciples mm -hmm. couldn't have done what Jesus had them do when he told them to go preach and to go to, you know, places. Had they not learned. Had they not been obedient. You know, had they not been obedient. 
Amen. Praise God. Hey guys, thanks for watching. Be sure to hit that like button, share it to your friends, and subscribe to our channel for more content every single week. Also, if you haven't yet, be sure to visit our website at bombzs.com. We got a lot of content there, a lot of things for you that are absolutely free. So wow. be sure to utilize us as much as possible. We hope that you have a great day, and God bless.